Field. Uh, so we're so privileged to have Pastor Campbell here to be with us this week. Let's give him a hand as he comes tonight. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wonderful to be with you tonight. Uh, we have a powerful uh, teen group in Chandler. I tried to go and they kicked me out. Uh, I don't know why. Amen. I have shoes. I don't know what's wrong with them. I'm just because I'm 80 years old. Amen. But anyway, it's wonderful to be with you tonight. Thank you again, Pastor. We're good and glad to see you. And if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 6, and as Pastor alluded to, uh, I'm, uh, I got like almost 50, I got 50 years of experience and been through a lot of crisis, I've buried a lot of people, married a lot of people, I've been, you know, planted churches, counseled marriages, just a lot of dynamics and a lot of people over the years. Pioneer Church has been a missionary. And so I'm trying to help you and give you revelation on how to live life in victory, how to survive the different chapters. Life has different chapters. Our spring, summer, fall, winter. If you live very long, somewhere you'll experience chapters of pain, failure, discouragement. There'll be seasons of joy, success, happiness. And to live for God, it's not just how you start, but it's will you finish. And that's my aim. And so tonight, um, uh, Christianity is about resurrection. Making dead things live. I pastored a lot of people who converted from Hinduism and Buddhism. And Christianity is the only religion in the world that has a resurrected Savior. They all have teachings, they have prophets, they have holy places, they have traditions, they have rituals, but what separates Christianity is Jesus rose from the grave. And so salvation is not just about sins forgiven. Thank God for that. But it's about being able to live a resurrected life. No longer a slave to sin and your past. Many times the problem I have dealing with people is the grave clothes. They've been through the cross, had a powerful experience even sometimes resurrected, but they don't want to turn loose of the grave clothes. They're still bound with images and things that have wrapped them up from their past. Is that you tonight? Are you experiencing resurrection? Jesus, of course, the story of Lazarus, 
He's dead. He's been dead three days. We'll refer to that again, John 11. Lazarus, come forth, Jesus said. And in John eleven forty four, he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. He was resurrected, but still limited by his past. You know the story, we'll deal with that. Jesus said, you loose him and let him go. I want to minister tonight on removing the grave clothes. Uh, Romans 6 is uh, Paul writing, and it's all about resurrection. Verse 1, if you'll follow with me. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin... Live any longer in it. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, watch these words, should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Salvation is not just forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. But it's resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be a slave to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe we should also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Is that you? Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign or rule in your mortal body, that you should obey in its lust. Do not present your members, that's your body, your mind, your soul, your emotions, your will. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God, being alive again, there it is, from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, You are not under the law, but under grace. Father, we come tonight by the blood. Come by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come by the revelation of your word. I pray tonight, God, set people free. You bind up the brokenhearted. Set at liberty those that are bruised. 
open prison doors to those that are bound. You heal the sick. May your gospel forever be preached to the poor. We thank you for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to think with you about the story of the grave clothes. At the time of Christ, this was common. When someone died, uh, they would cover their body. They would be wrapped from head to toe. There would be all kinds of spices and herbs um, that, that would create a smell, a fragrant smell to cover the odor of death. Uh, a linen cloth wrapped around the body and it became like a shroud. Nicodemus, the Bible tells us, brought a hundred pounds of myrrh and alloys to spice Jesus' body. In other words, this was common, especially. He, Nicodemus was wealthy. He could do this. The problem with grave clothes, they become a statement many times. They become your identity. You're encased. You're confined. You've been wrapped and wrapped by someone else's hands. And the statement with grave clothes, it's over. You're finished. End of your story. No hope now. No future you're going to live this chapter forever. You noticed at funerals, eulogies, we've had all kinds of funerals in our church over the years, and guys shot in the chest, shot in the head. COVID, we had a number. I mean, the list goes some natural. We've had people serve God, live for God many, many years. Um, but eulogies are about the past. Normally it's friends or families and they come and they honor the dead with these stories. They'll give personal experiences or highlights uh, and they try in their eulogy to capture a life lived. It's all about history. You see this on tombstones. I have some pictures here. One is my cousin, uh, if you put it up wherever it is. And uh, no question what his life was about. He loved to fish. We have another tombstone. Next one, please. This is my daughter. When she died, and we put on this tombstone, Jesus is Lord. She died at 15 years old, tragic death, fell in a state park, uh, for those who are visitors, fell about 100 feet on a Sunday afternoon. I was in the Philippines preaching, been many, many years ago. She'd be in her 50s now, and she went into eternity. My son got down to her side, uh, speaking in tongues. Wimpy Martinez, next picture. This is James Martinez' younger brother. I can remember him. He actually brought Pastor Martinez to church. And he's a pastor today. Johnny was his name. He's like 19 years old. He's in church and he's handsome. He's a young man.
I remember talking to him and, and warning him about life. Look, you're, you're like 18, 19, you're making decisions. His whole family's cursed. I mean, they go to prison, it's like a family reunion. They don't fear prison. Sisters, brothers, uncles, fathers, aunts. I mean, it's unending. And uh, if you could leave that up there, please, the Boston Celtics. Uh, uh, he got out. He was in prison for, he went like when he was like 26, got out uh, for like maybe uh, a year, went back in, drug deal went bad. And so he got out a few years ago uh, and got powerfully converted. He's like 49 years old, spent most of his adult life in prison. My twins, uh, granddaughters, loved him, and uh, he was powerfully converted. Wednesday night, he's in church. He's at the altar over in this area, went back to the guy's home, and that night went into eternity. But uh, a guy named DJ did this coffin and, uh, because Wimpy liked the Boston Celtics. But all of those, you can take it down, is about history. Trying to capture a statement about issues of their life and people who love them, care about them. Nicodemus, he loved you. He came because he loved him. And sometimes he's they're trying to protect you. Listen, people will put things on you In, unintentionally many times. They put the, I've seen parents wrap their kids in activities and plans that had nothing to do with where God wanted to take them and who God wanted them to become. Loving hands would have wrapped these grave clothes around Jesus and Lazarus. The problem is sometimes uh, those grave clothes can become our identity. It becomes the end of the story. It becomes uh, your resume. Most, if not all of us, have wrapped ourselves in, when we participate in sin, we've wrapped ourselves in some grave clothes. This linen cloth was 14 to 15 feet long, 3 to 4 feet wide. In our text, we should no longer be, live slaves to sin. Verse 13, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Romans 7 verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? There are many women. You've made decisions. You've participated. You've been involved with experiences in life that have wrapped you in death or hindered you or limited you. Sometimes it was not your doing. It was painful. Sometimes it was other people. You got entangled with the wrong people. Ephesians 2.2 In which you were once walked according 
to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Ephesians 4.22, put off concerning your former conduct. Um, and so the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. It's possible you're sitting here tonight and you've been to the cross, but you're still wearing grave clothes. You're still wearing images that have wrapped themselves around you from the past, and it hinders you. Attitudes from the world that should have been left in the grave. Saved but still addicted. Saved but still have emotional issues. Saved but still your mouth. Others are wrapped up in condemnation and guilt, pain, and bitterness. We had a water baptism. Francisco, he'd been in prison four and a half years. He got powerfully saved. His wife got saved. His son, Francisco, got saved. His kids got saved. And, um, I mean, it's, uh, they're testifying, all of them. And his daughter comes up to testify. And she's like 12 or 13 years old. She's been in the gangs. And she said, the reason I went into the gangs, I wanted to hurt people. I wanted people to feel pain like I felt pain. And she began to just weep. And she said, my uncle molested me when my father was in prison. And you could feel this girl. That's been probably six, eight months now. They've been saved. And it's interesting to watch this young girl and the smile on her face and the joy when I talk to her, the hope for the future. And what she's been doing, probably unconsciously, is because of Jesus and the power. She's not just been to the cross, but she's resurrecting into a new life. Her father, I mean, you look at him, you can, you can tell. I mean, he's got that cold, dead look in his eye. I mean, but still, his whole, he's talking to me. And I can tell he's been reading his Bible. Uh, he's, he's, he, they're living on the res, and he's, he's talking to his family and his grandmother and his father and different people. And you can tell he hasn't just been forgiven, but he's beginning to shed the image of his history and past. Jesus was raised from the dead. But what about the grave clothes? Right here is many people's problem. The difference between Jesus and Lazarus. The Bible says in John eleven forty four, He who had died came out bound hand and foot. This is Lazarus with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Look at the contrast. 
Jesus, John 20, verse 6 and 7, Simon Peter came, he went into the tomb, he saw the linen cloth, uh, the clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Which one are you? See, somewhere you need to realize if you're going to excel for God, if you're going to walk in victory, if you're going to be, as Paul said, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. This computes out in the reality of how you uh, deal with sin, how you deal with issues and conflicts and setbacks in people, life, life can hit you, blindside you. How are you going to survive that? Is very much resting right here. Simon Peter came. He went into the tomb. Jesus was resurrected. And the grave clothes were still there. Which one are you? Lazarus came out, but the Bible said he's bound hand and foot. Too many, that's your experience. When you're bound hand and foot, you can't navigate life. You're stumbling, you're falling. You're always tripping over something. You're limited. It's like you begin to excel. Your marriage begins to change. And then you hit this wall. It's like ministry or like blessing. It's like God began, but it's like there's this invisible force that always seems to capture you and limit you and pull you back. Is it the grave clothes? Paul in our text talks about the ability to walk. Walk by faith and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. When you're walking, you're going somewhere. There's hope. There's a destination. There's a purpose in life. You're not just stumbling around. You're not just staggering. You're not disorientated. You're not one day this way, that way. But walking is powerful in the spirit world. Um, listen to Paul in the Romans 6, 4. Therefore we were buried with Christ through baptism into death. But just as Christ raised from the dead by the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Is that you? When people see you, how you live, how you speak, where you go, how you spend your energy and your time, is it a new life? Does it testify of Jesus Christ? Or are you still wrapped in stuff that should have been left in the grave? Romans 8.1 Who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. 
I talk to many people, counsel people. Pastor, I want to do something for God. You have to have purpose in life. Purpose is critical. My wife, Connie, got COVID in May of 2020. She's 75. She had issues, diabetes, high blood pressure, various things. She's never recovered. She, uh, she's doing better, thank God, but she still uses a walker most time at home, wheelchair when she goes out. Her balance and energy. A few months ago, we're sitting at the kitchen table, and she just starts to weep. And uh, I said, what's the matter, baby? What, what's, tell me, talk to me. And, and, you know, before, so you know, some of you in Chandler, she was so involved with women, with life, always loving people, always reaching out to people. She used to bring out, she brought outreach teams over here years ago. I don't know if so, van loads of people. Her and AJ used to take outreach teams all the way across America, back and forth. And, and I mean, she just, she, and she said something. She said, I have no purpose she said, just put me in a home. I said, baby, not on my watch. You took care of me for all the... I'm going to take care of you. This, we're going to ride this one to the grave. Don't worry about it. But you, I could feel her agony because she felt her purpose had been removed because of her health. Everyone here, there's something about purpose There's something about, and listen, when you get saved, every one of you, you're saved for a purpose. It has a different face. It may have a different dimension, but everyone here, God saves you because He has plans for you. He said, my thoughts about you are not evil, but good. Young people here, I've talked to some of the young people, talking to a young man tonight earlier, he said, thank you, Pastor, you're helping us live life. And I told him, I said, how old are you? I think he said he was 17. And I said, you're deciding now the kind of man you're going to be tomorrow. That has to do with purpose. Uh, the difficulty with grave clothes is the demonic gets involved uh, and tries to abort your effectiveness and your purpose uh, Tries to limit you. 2 Timothy 2.4 No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enables him or enlightens him as a soldier. Grave clothes covered the face. You're blinded. You're resurrected, but blinded. That means you can't see our grave clothes in disguise. And hell is a genius at putting these things around us and deceiving us thinking we need them. Or we have to keep them. Paul's answer. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
also Ephesians 2, 3, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. God wants to rip off the blindfold, the grave clothes. The problem, if you're not careful, is you'll learn to live with them. You'll defend them. You'll fight people when they say, listen, 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 listen. God doesn't want you to keep carrying that. God doesn't want you to keep wearing that. Sometimes it's image. We got a lot of guys from the street, you know, that come in. And, and you know, you, you got your street, you got, you know, got your strut, your walk, you know. You know how it is. Cool saved. I remember, remember back in the day, it took 15 minutes to shake hands. You, you know. Remember, I mean, you had, you, had, you, you had to be a genius just to shake hands. Remember those days, anybody as old as I am? And, and, uh, but a lot of times we carry stuff, and that's humorous, and that ain't a big deal. But I got guys that come out of the world, man, and women, 10 years in prison. Both of her sons doing life in prison. Never going to get out. Daughter went to the streets. Another young lady went to the streets. She's 13. Fentanyl. Listen, fentanyl's killing them. I don't know about over on this side of it, but over on our side, I mean fentanyl. I mean, they're addicted. They come in and get saved. And God begins, sometimes they go through rehab and stuff. But this, there's like something that just, and they can be in church sometimes for a year. I have this one lady, she'd been in prison 10 years. Got out powerfully saved. Come into some money. I mean, a lot of money. Bought a house in church. Powerful testimony. In church for 10 years and went back to the streets. She's back in the streets today. Once in a while she'll show up in church and she looks like, I mean, don't look good. See, the, the, you can see, I mean, you know how it is. And you know what happened? I talked to her family. She's got some family saved. Two brothers that are preachers. Said, Pastor, she never turned loose of the streets. Always on social media. When she'd come and see mom, she'd be down in the streets. What's this one doing? What's that one doing? What's that one? This one, this one, and that one. And because she didn't unwrap all that mess... Ten years in church and went back. And she's been back in the streets probably about three years now. If you're not careful, you can have a powerful experience with the cross, be raised and changed. But things wrapped around you have the ability to give hell an advantage to drag you back in the streets. You ever, you ever talk to homeless people? You know, we got 
some homeless people sometimes around our church. And God love them. You know, I don't mind feeding them. But I ain't going to play all their games. Sometimes we had the other day one of our guys at Walmart and this homeless guy was hitting him up. And he, he, he said, well, you want money? He said, well, I, I ain't got money. I, I, I'll take you in and buy you some food. He said, I don't need food. I got food. And got mad at him. He, he's wanting drugs. That's what he's after. And, and, and if you, I mean, if you suggest, I mean, you ever see them get in a fight over their shopping cart full of God only knows what? Their world. And that's an extreme. I understand that. But if you're not careful, you're the same. You ever talk to somebody? I mean, real. I pastor. Sometimes you can't get people say they want counseling, but they really don't want to. They don't really want it. It's too real. It's too real. It's too real. And you, when you, they'll fight you, get mad at you, blow up. I've had a lady pound on my. I don't care what the Bible says. She's pounding on my desk. I mean, I mean her. She's. I mean. The staff come running in, you know, she's what's going on? You know, they're afraid she's gonna attack this old man. <laughs> Didn't care what the Bible said. Grave clothes, you can become attached to them. It's your image. You feel comfortable. You think it's normal. It's been with you so long. It's normal. And you become angry if someone begins to point it out. Sometimes I've seen them take it off. But hey, I'm okay just in case. I know where it's at. Don't destroy it. Just in case. And if you're not careful, six months later, hey, I, mm, I missed you. I missed you. Oh, my, my, you feel so good. Whoa, I can't wait to be wrapped up in you again. I feel home. I got people. The problem is we come out of the world, we bring a lot of stuff with us. I got people get married, they think, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. They think that's normal. They try to recreate that because that's home. It's natural. I feel good when, when it's all crazy. I'm serious. I try to counsel people like that. I say, listen, listen. That, let me read the Bible to you. They don't care. Jerry's more real than the Bible. <coughs> But what it is, see, it's up here. It's not just here. It's up here. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Be not conformed to this world, Paul said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you might live. That you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's hard to run for God when you're still all tied up with the world. Is that you? 
Is that you? Is that you? God will help you. I need to close. Jesus, He raised Lazarus from the tomb. And then He looked at the church and He said, Loose Him and let Him go. Can Jesus say that to you? What's your ministry? What if someone said, what's your ministry? And you said, my ministry's unwrapping grave clothes. How do you view other people's grave clothes? It's, it's messy. It's not exciting ministry many times. How do you view when someone... Listen, we all have faults. We all carry stuff. I have people in my church, man, and, and no doubt here, you, you brought a lot of baggage in with you. It wasn't necessarily even your fault. Things happened to you. They left you scarred and wounded. People said things. People did things. I just mentioned, I think, yesterday, three young women the last two weeks in our church, one on this side and one over here, and then a mother, three of them tried to commit suicide, these girls, two with pills, one tried to hang herself with a belt. Carry things in, into church, broken, rejected, lonely. They're carrying things. Jesus didn't remove the grave clothes. He said, that's your ministry. I resurrect them, but you have to love them out of it. It's dirty business many times. It's people in the middle of the night calling you. It's Jesus with this woman at the well. She's been married five times. The man she's living with is not her own. Five times. And, she, and, and there's this racism and prejudice between the Samaritans and the Jews. They had no dealings. And he goes to her and wins her. She still no doubt had issues. What do you, how do you view those people? How do you think about those people when they come through the doors of your church? Our church is filled with people. Stagger your mind. I mean, sometimes you hear their story. And it's hard to imagine how they've even survived all they've been through. But it's left things attached to them. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. I've had women testify in Sunday school, Pastor, I hated men. My mother hated men. My grandmother taught me to hate men. I hated all men. 
sitting there with her husband, said, I had to fight to love my husband because I'm carrying this. What about you? Jesus had the scars. Scars help people. Your scars testify to other people they can survive. He told Thomas, he said, put put your fingers right here. Put your hand here. He had the scars, but he left the grave clothes. Scars are powerful sometimes. That means I've healed. The wound is no longer raw. It's no longer open. It's no longer hindering me. Oh, I went through it and it was painful. But it's healed. And many times that's your testimony. That helps people. But what about the grave clothes? Is that your ministry? Is that your heart for people? This whole text is about resurrection. And it's about dominion. And it's about destiny. But listen, listen, church, this is how churches grow. This is how, this is, this is, it's so interesting to me when people testify. People that are broken. People that are lonely. We just, I mean, we just had a water baptism. We had testimonies. This one Native American girl had 10 kids. I don't think she's married. I've never seen a man. Her sister's dying. She took her sister's kid to raise. She didn't look to be that old. But she calls out someone in the church. I came to church. Sister Rose loved me. Cared about me. Invited me to her home. That's powerful. Is that you? Is that you? What, what's, Sister Rose, she's unwrapping things. You may have heard me tell the story about A.J. Many of you know A.J. Been saved, got saved about 1989. Ten rehabs. Came out of Washington, D.C. Her brother John Johnson's been in our church for a long time. Great man, he... He's in our church today. She came to Arizona, came and got powerfully converted. She had a son named Nick. She has no driver's license. She has no work history. Father of her son is in prison for hitting a cop. She's been through 10 rehabs. She's in our church. Miss Eunice. AJ's young black girl from the streets of D.C. I went to D.C. one time, went by her neighborhood. Here's Miss Eunice, Hillbilly, Texas. I'm not talking Houston. I'm talking country, cowboy, Hillbilly, Texas. 
And Miss Eunice reached out to AJ. And she says, what are you, you going to do? You're going to have to get a job. And she said, yeah, Miss Eunice, I'm, I need a job, but I, uh, I don't have no driver's license. And she said, well, well I'll, I'll take you to work. She said, I got Nick. Who's, I, I can't afford it. She said, I'll watch him. For eight months, Miss Eunice took AJ to work every day, kept Nick all day, and picked her up at night. Miss Eunice gone on to be with the Lord a number of years ago. AJ, think of this. You never know who you're unwrapping and who you're investing in. Her and Cynthia and some of them have been with Connie and I wrapped around the world. She's wrapped in, in schools in South Africa. Hundreds of kids responded to her testimony. I'm talking about Malaysia. I'm talking about India. Dominican Republic. I'm talking about China. Should have seen AJ trying to get them Chinese to slide. It, you know, they're, they're like this. You know, if you don't know if you know Chinese. But think here AJ has ministered around the world. Miss Eunice has never wrapped in her life. Gone on to be. You never know who's sitting beside you or in front of you that just needs somebody to love them, somebody to help them, somebody to care. At Miss Eunice's funeral, A.J. testified, tears running down her face. When I was a new convert, and that's the first time I'd ever heard the story. Whose grave clothes are you unwrapping? Maybe you're here this evening. You need to let some things go or it's going to catch you. And, and so it's attitudes. It's emotions. It's how you think. It's how you process your experiences. How you, how you react to people when they hurt you even. Gossip. It, this, this carries you in the kingdom. Listen, listen, I close. You may have forgotten me, but grace, Paul talks about grace. Grace found me. Grace went to the club and found me. When I was ready, to snort something, grace found me and loved me and brought me home. You looked at me and you said it was over. You said it was finished. End of chapter. Put them in the grave. We can't deal with them anymore. You turned your back on me, but God in His grace and mercy and love, uh, He found me. I was lost and He found me. And you know how grace finds people? Through you. He finds people through you. 
Through you, through your hands, through your words, through your care, through your concern, through your heart. That's how grace finds people. It's not this mysterious thing. And I know sometimes God does, but grace finds people through you. And that is so powerful. It's hard for people to resist that. And we got people in our church, I'm telling you, fantastic church. Many of you have been there for conference. Listen, I'm talking about people. People that, if you knew their history, it would stagger your mind. But they didn't automatically get to the place they are. One, it was God, Jesus saving them. Holy Spirit raising them from the dead, but it was people loving them and removing and helping them get out of stuff. The grave clothes. I ask you to bow your head with me. God, we love you tonight. Uh, you're here tonight. Uh,